Welcome, everybody. It's episode 101 of the Red Leaf Retrocast Anime Edition. I'm your host, as the usual, JD, joined Hickey and Tori. You guys, it's good to be here. Yes, as always. Yay. Finally, right? Sometimes. Okay, summer is summer is going. The Euros have started, Tori. They have. Woo! Did you ever think this day would come? <laughs> uh, Yes, I did. And now we're finally here. So, uh, a little bit of a weird tournament, considering the fact that, you know, it'll just be taking place over a bunch of different countries, and some countries is playing, like, every single game at home, which is a little bit bullshit if you ask me, but, hey, at least it's going. Yeah, it doesn't seem fair, does it? (laughs) (laughs) No, 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 no. The other team is is lined up as the home team. Yeah, because that matters. (laughs) right (laughs) yeah so we're covering yeah anyways uh, we'll get to more sports talk in a get in a second i guess but um we're doing glass mask today that is our anime for review and for those that don't know we have a little bit of a new decision format uh before we choose an anime uh, and separate it by decades so we wouldn't choose back-to-back anime in the same decade, just to kind of give us a little uh, different flow and feel for anime over the years. Now, we have kind of dropped that uh, going after episode 100 here, and each host, we're going to go on like a little uh, little decision system. We just uh, trade off who picks the next anime for review, and Hickey, it was your choice to choose Glass Mask. You're up first, 1984. Why did you uh, Why did you choose this anime? What made What made you choose it? Uh, good point. I don't know. He wanted to make us suffer. <laughs> no, 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 no. Not through Glass Mask. Uh, Glass Mask is an anime that you hear a lot, especially if you started watching anime mid twenty thousands. Mid twenty thousands. Yeah, mid twenty thousands. I'm sorry. I had to. I I wanted to say two things. Kind of mixed it up. <laughs> oh, it happens to me all the time. Not paying a lot of attention right now. Uh, I'm paying attention while you're podcasting. Oh my god. It had a hey, Tony. It's a little bit hard to pay attention to shit, and you you know, you know this stuff. Uh, in the mid two thousands, Glass Mask had a remake. Mm-hmm. So I had reminiscent memories of people saying, oh, this isn't a very old anime that was quite good back in the day, way before I was born, and I didn't give a shit. But it is, I think it is listed as one of the best shoujo's out there. And I was like, oh, you know what? It's old. You know, it has like JD's age. Might as well. We are a retro anime podcast. My age? Excuse me, this anime is older than me, I'll have you know. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> just part. We also, yeah, we also don't review a lot of shoujo's, uh, and when you do, when we do, it's usually in the same vein of Glass Mask. Uh, yes. Attack number one. Though, 
<laughs> aim for the ace. Aim for the ace, yeah. Yeah. At least this one they were they weren't going for the knockdowns. <laughs> well, I mean, it's a different kind of uh, Oni coach. <laughs> this is by far doing this podcast, uh, finding finding anime tropes of the past. One thing that I really love, no matter what era, is the Oni coach trope, where it just involves children getting the shit kicked out of them for the sake of competition. <laughs> hey, man, listen, this was how you got the best out of people. I still want to see that. I still want to see the one with the just proper like uh, <laughs> Soviet uh, Soviet training regime. You know, fucking kidnapped from your family when you were two years old. <laughs> Forced isn't that, into isn't that China though? Bro. That's like Our modern labor. China. <laughs> I yeah, but I that's would say fun. like if we look close enough, I believe we can find some Gundam that is <laughs> that has that. <laughs> uh... Even if it's like uh, the the newer one, the the orphans one. Iron oh, Blood Iron Blooded yeah. Orphans! You're right. <laughs> yeah, true. Although there's no any coach in that. Yeah, one. that's kind of my problem. I just want to see somebody like you're going to be a fucking ballerina. Ballerina. It's like every time they do <laughs> something wrong, they break. They break their fucking foot. Like, yeah. Are you what, telling you me you can can't be the, be, uh, the best ballerina would, would be able to dance on a broken foot? What are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so the Oni coach is absolutely hysterical. Um, it's a good thing it's cartoons. <laughs> and it's fake. Yes. <laughs> uh, anyways. Uh, sports. Avalanche are out of the NHL playoffs. Uh, they... Guys, I'm very saddened to inform you, but uh, they lost four games in a row. They were eliminated by the Las Vegas Golden Knights, because when you think hockey, you think the team in the desert. <laughs> yes. Nothing says ice like Las Vegas. Anyways. Yeah. The, the, I mean, I'll let you know that the the Brazilian Olympic hockey team actually qualifies Shoot the Winter Olympics quite, quite often. You are joking me. I'm pretty sure I'm not, but I'm pretty sure they play a lot of games. I don't know if they go to the winter, but we have we do have winter like Winter Olympic sportsmen. Uh, What's next? Are you going to tell me Jamaica has athletes. a bobsled team or something? Probably do. You guys, you guys aren't familiar. We do with have the a bunch of them. I am. Um, Okay, good. <laughs> but I have my own my own bobsledding guys, and they train on, on like water parks looking places. Mm -hmm. It's quite interesting. <laughs> With like roller big roller blade, yeah, bobsledding. It's quite quite interesting to watch. Nah, man, just take the just take the big water slides at the water parks. That's that's how you do it. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, Avalanche really played some very underwhelming hockey at the end. and But luckily in basketball, because I know you guys are big basketball fans like I am, the Utah Jazz are up 2-0 in the next round after uh, basically, so they lost game one. Then their star player, star offensive player, I should make the difference, uh, came back. They won four in a row, and now they've won the first two games against the Los Angeles Clippers. And um, 
A lot of people are saying the Jazz are one of the favorites to win the championship this year after being the number one team in base basketball <laughs> with the best record. It's always it's always weird when you hear analysts and fans just completely discount smaller market teams over and over again because they rarely ever win anything. So, like, take uh, Tori, you, you could probably compare this, but, uh, you know, Leicester, despite winning the championship, you know, a few years ago or whenever that was, uh, they're never in talks to be a, like a top eight team. It's always ah Manchester City or Chelsea or whoever. Well, and in in that regard, they they prove that to be false. But like, it's it's kind of different, right? Because I mean, especially when it comes to like a lot of American sports mm-hmm. and how that works compared to like European sports. Uh, I do find that it often does become that whole like. Uh, it does become a whole lot like more, more like like yeah, the best team will win, and by the best team is probably the one that has the best best players, and you know whoever fucking got the best trades off, and all of that shit is like yeah, of course. In football, it's more of like you of course have your big teams who buy all the big play, big name players, and they are generally to be counted. And the Leicester story is very rare because you know they actually built that team, right? But at least there they did a good thing because they. They weren't dumb, right? When they won the league, they didn't just like fucking sell all their players and then just was like, ah, we'll be fine even without them. They did lose some players. They lost Conte, they lost Morris and whatnot, right? Big superstars went for a lot of money, but they actually fucking replaced them. Right? They were like, yeah, let's actually try to do something smart now and let's actually spend that money to build a better, a better team. Because that Leicester team that won the Premier League, sure, they were good. But it also can't be miscounted that every other team that season was pretty fucking bad. Well, that's hardly their fault. They were the best team that year. It isn't their fault, but that definitely helped them, right? So it's like, it's one of those things where it's like, well, what do you do now? Well, we need to improve the team. So let's spend that money we got and actually improve the team. Because, you know, (laughs) it is definitely incredible to fucking sit there and say that you can win the Premier League with goddamn Danny Simpson as your right back. But, you know... Maybe that's not going to be the best way to go about about it for, you know, the next two or three years. <laughs> yeah, I agree. And that's that's what this Utah Jazz team is. Uh, their their entire team is basically uh, homegrown talent, right? Uh, uh-huh. Picked from the draft or free. And, and don't get mistaken here. They made a big trade for uh, another they player. It just one though, and that was like yeah. two years ago, and they're fine, and he's finally healthy. Uh, but the yeah. like one of the big under understatements that I have to constantly remind people of is so the Utah Jazz have never spent more than I want to say fifty million on a free agent, and that's like an entire contract worth. So like five years, fifty million. For example, I'm I'm kind of just pulling this number. I don't know. The point being, they've never had a, any sort of high end free agent ever come to the team in its entire existence. Mm-hmm. And uh unfortunately last year was the, you know, COVID th- situation and he's a foreigner. He's from um where's Bogdanovich from? I think he's from Serbia. He was stuck in okay. Serbia. <laughs> All last season. <laughs> so this year he's finally back. And 
when I when people are discounting the team over and over again, they're like, ah, well, so what if they were the number one team in basketball and had the best record for the entire season? That doesn't mean anything. I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> that doesn't mean they're good. Uh, yeah, it doesn't mean the, the team with the most points in the league. That doesn't mean they're any good. What? What? That means they beat the most people. <laughs> hey man, I I get it. Like fucking again, like I said, I. Well, it, it can't be discounted that, you know, well, I'll, I understand that a lot of people don't like them. My favorite team in, in the Premier League is Chelsea, and I right. understand it. There's a lot By of the way, Tori, like congratulations. Uh, thank you. I understand that there are people that don't like them for various reasons. That's okay. It doesn't really bother me. It is what it is. But it's always funny to see it. It's still happening. We've won our second Champions League at the end of this season. The only team in London still to have won it. Then we won it twice. Uh, like It's just... We've been a fucking, we've been a pretty normal team, although last couple of years has been a little bit more rough. Normally in the top four spots, won the league a bunch of times for a while. We were Manchester United's only fucking real competition there. Like stuff like that. And it's still just like every season, every time it's the same. It's like, ah, small team, can't really compete. It's like, yeah, of course, of course we can. I mean, for fuck's sakes, it's the, it's literally, we literally can. Have you seen the amount of money we spend on players? Of course we can. <laughs> yeah. Uh. Yeah. So, well, I mean, Chelsea goes through, from from just my outside perspective, Chelsea goes through these phases of, they, they don't go about putting the team together the same as, say, Madrid or Juventus, where they just buy uh. these spend an exorbitant amount of money on a couple top-end players and fill out their roster that way. Bayern is the same thing. And Chelsea always seems to go in the direction of paying for the future. Like, they don't, like if they're going to spend a lot of money, it's going to be on four high-end prospects rather than a, five, a five-year-in dude who maybe has a track record already. So you're paying for the expectation that they're going to produce again. Rather than, rather than uh, uh, like Pulisic, who was a top end prospect, and they're paying for what they hoped to, for him to do to reach his potential. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah. Right, absolutely. Right. That's why. I mean, there's no denying. Like, not even just foreign talent, right? But in general, Chelsea is the team. At least one of the team. I don't have the numbers exactly, but it's one of the teams that invests the most into into its youth academy, for example. And while it's always been a joke, it's like ah, oh, you you never make it, right? Now suddenly we have a couple of uh, youth players that's broken into the first team. Yes, it was because of a transfer ban that helped. <laughs> yeah, <Classic> proven. Mason <laughs> Mount. Mason Mount is a really good player. Same thing goes for Reese James. He's good. Tammy Abram has fallen a little bit out of favor with Tuchel, but still. He's proven that he's a he is a Premier League level striker. He usually, although again not this season, but he has scored over ten goals last season, fourteen I think he got, and stuff like that. And he's like he's shown that he can handle the level. So it's like it goes to it works. It might not always produce, you know, the next Lionel Messi, but of course it doesn't. That's a very that's a very rare occurrence, right? Uh, so it's like it. It works. Chelsea buys a lot of yeah younger players again. Spent a lot of money on Kai Havertz, who obviously German <laughs> German superstar. All of Germany tips him to be their next greatest player, but he's still really, he's still really young. He's like twenty one years old. Plenty so of like, time. <laughs> even though people are like, oh, he's had a shit first season. Yeah, he's had trouble, but I mean, towards the end of the season, he suddenly got became really good. 
and again, it's not it's not like it's fucking over for him because he he had one bad uh, bad one bad season. <laughs> How bad is your season when you scored a winning goal in the Champions League final? Really, but that <laughs> uh, you can't take that away. Yeah, and it's yeah. that mentality. You know, there's only a few teams that can do the whole pay for a top end transfer player. There's not a lot. Oh. So the the big what I find probably better is in general. Uh, football terms, they pay for youth because that's what costs the least and it's what develops your team from the inside to the field. In American sports, it's and I think it was Dirk Nowitzki and there was a couple other Germans uh, when they were interviewed uh, when I was living over there many years ago. uh, They commented on the weird aspect of American sports. What an anime podcast talking about sports analysis, but... uh... (laughs) Uh, it's just kind of what's on my mind lately, just with all the playoffs going on and baseball season going and uh, it's football transfer season now and the Euros have started. It's mm. it's an exciting and fans are back, which is very exciting. Fans are back. Yep. Yeah. And so they're they're talking about the aspect of American sports where so much of the money is spent on on players past their prime instead of mm. approaching their prime. So yeah. like LeBron James. I'm sure you've heard of him. Uh, Never, no. You know, he, go, know he goes to whatever, and, and the players have just so much power over mm-hmm. over the teams. So LeBron James can just, he just can pick up and go to whatever team he wants, and he'll get like two or three superstars to follow him. And the team that he chooses to go to, they just pay him kind of, no matter how old he gets, they're going to pay him, you know, 30 million plus a year, whatever it might be instead of using that same money uh like say oh i don't know Denver Nuggets or a smaller franchise that you know they have no chance of getting that kind of player and they yeah. th- those players aren't going to those small markets so they they spend their money on building a team and unfortunately the way that the like NBA is structured uh that's you you only come across that once every you know 10 years if you're lucky where you get a where you get a team that can that can compete even at a I don't I can't even I can't even confidently say a top level cuz the Jazz haven't been this good since you know late 90s. So it yep. took 20 years just to get back to this point. Yeah, I do just want to say that one of the interesting things like I know because this isn't un- uncommon in, uh, in uh European football either. Um because like one of the things right is a lot of people will buy players past their prime, and for a lot of cases, it's like I mean, obviously he did, he's done well, Ronaldo at Juventus, right? But it's like there's no denying that it's a it's a promotional thing, right? It's big, it's big PR to be like, oh look who we got, oh yeah, right, right? and that's that's usually more so than like the sporting thing. Even if they are good players, it's like ah, oh, but imagine all the sales, imagine all the fucking uh, jerseys will sell, imagine all all this bullshit, all this fucking. Things we can make money of off of the field as well, not just in terms of sporting. But uh, so it's like there's a lot of that that goes into it. One thing that I find very interesting though is like because, like you said, when it comes to Chelsea, how they invest a lot in younger players and upcoming uh, talents and people that will approach their prime, or at least generally in their mid twenties, uh, and won't really give contracts to uh, older players. One thing that I found really interesting was Chelsea had a really big problem with their defense. And that was the one thing they couldn't sell, uh, solve by just buying young players. So what did they do? Well, of course, they went and got Thiago Silva from PSG for free. 
<laughs> it's, like, it's like you know it worked yeah sure he's 36 years old it's not the best version of him you'll ever see but he's got the experience he can lead a defense right and he's an upgrade at your current position yep yeah and whether and that, we got and, it for free yeah literally no downsides well yeah that in that case like you see that with a lot of german teams where they they get a uh they get a they get like one veteran kind of at you know each end of the field and they and then mm. the rest of the team is always filled with youth. Obviously Bayern Munich is is the ever so uh egregious exception to the how the Bundesliga works. But the reason why Dortmund is at the top of the table like year over year is because they always seem to be developing talent <laughs> in one way or another. The same could be said with how Leipzig got to where they are. It's I don't know. I I really like the the yeah, I really like the Bundesliga uh, if uh, it's like it, but I always seem to watch it for second place. I just kind of have given up over the last 15 years. <laughs> yeah, I think I mean, it was close this year, but then Bayern win it again anyways. Yeah. 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 But I mean, it's it's to be expected. Hey, you can't really hate on it that much especially when you have Robert Lewandowski just literally breaking the goal scoring record in the Bundesliga. It's like, yeah, what do you do? Well, I wish he would have stayed on Dortmund, first of all. <laughs> I mean, yeah, well, come on. That Dortmund would have been nice. Complain. But, you know, Bayern being, Bayern, right being Bayern, oh, <laughs> let's get him. <laughs> yeah, no, but Dortmund can't complain. They have all on right now, and that man is fucking, that man can't stop scoring. Yeah, I really like him. To- uh, Hickey, Same. Hickey, you're still here, right? <laughs> uh, Barely. Barely? How's, uh, how's the sports in Brazil going? <laughs> uh, Fine. Uh, Copa America started, which is the oh yeah, the that did. South American Euro Cup, and the qualifiers, the the World Cup qualifiers are going on as well. Yeah, I think but yeah, okay. Conca, I think Concacaf started as well. Like all oh the all the, all the all the all the sports I, I are going. I don't know about I don't know about that one. <laughs> it's all about Mexico and the United States. I think the United States got stomped again because you know they're so good. <laughs> I don't remember. Uh, uh, yeah, this is an anime podcast, guys. Have you guys looked at? Is. Yeah, have you guys looked at uh, the summer season? <laughs> Just completely changing the subject. I haven't. I got a little bit distracted right now because uh, I have a game going behind me. And uh, what's one the of game? The Danish players. Just it's Denmark versus Finland. Oh, that's Denmark right. Players. They were playing today. It's it's uh, yeah. yeah. I looked at, I looked over my shoulder, and one of the Danish players is just on the ground unconscious, and it looks like he swallowed his song. Oh. Oh, that's really bad. That's that not really good. Bad. Yeah. Is it a concussion or he just... I, I don't know. He's got a heart laying, attack. He's laying still. Ooh. Yeah. Danger. Bad. Yeah, they have a full medic team out now. Oh, and shit. Yeah, I think he swallowed his tongue. They're really working on his mouth. Yeesh. Ooh. Uh, Anyways. So, yeah. Yeah, uh, so I'm... Pull, yeah, anime. <laughs> anime podcast. Uh, so I'm just going to pull up the... Because I mentioned this to you guys like a week ago that I just got curious and wanted to look at the summer 21 season. Mm-hmm. Let me do that right now. I have, and, and I, I, I figured since I know it's uh, like three weeks away until it gets started, but I figure we, we could talk about this now, dude, mm-hmm. I have zero interest in like <laughs> any of these coming out in the summer. Yeah, pretty much the same. I mean, Magia record getting a second season. I yeah, couldn't even stand that show. Uh, but like Love Live, I guess for those Sunny Boy, I've heard people are interested in. But maybe I don't know. Sunny Boy? Nexus is getting an anime. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, like it's 
it's nothing that looks too interesting to me. No. Which is good because honestly, I have not watched any anime at all this season. So I'll watch this season's anime next season. Sounds like a plan to me. <laughs> That's a good plan. Sunny boy. And hopefully okay. I'll be back for more. I don't know. Like from I from what I remember from two weeks ago, summer twenty twenty one got a little bit upgraded. Uh-huh. I have a little bit more shows, more interesting shows. So Jahi Sam is coming out. Interesting that there's a PA works working anime. One more about an aquarium now. I'm so done with PA works shows. <laughs> Why is that, Tori? Why not? Because it's always, it's always like uh, there was a time there, like uh, but you're thinking like past, um, like the kind of PA works prime. Where you had like, oh, what's the, uh, oh, what's that ocean anime? What the fuck is that called? Uh, Toy Basho? No. Uh, a that, place further than the universe? That wasn't PA Works, was it? That wasn't that Manos? Uh, I thought it was PA Works. Anyway. Yeah, either way, I, I don't, the name of Escape Man, it's like 2012, something like that, uh, a long time ago. And then, like, that was like PA Works high. They got a couple shows new, so it was exciting. And then they kind of hit this stride of like Naginoskara, that's the one. Um, they kind of hit this like stride of like, oh yeah, we need to watch it. We need to see what they make because they make beautiful shows. And yeah, they do. But it also kind of gets boring a little bit after a while. And I don't know. <laughs> after a, after a couple of shows, I'm just like, I'm not really that excited for any of these. They look good, and I'll check out an episode or two, and then I'll be best be like, yep, seeing this before, and then tune out, and it's all just the same and not exactly the same but it's it's not it's not that interesting it's like they have like a similar uh for me anyways they have like a similar feel to like kyoani at times where it's like there are certain shows that kyoani puts out that you just you look at it you don't even have to see who makes it you read the name you see the synopsis and you're just like that that is a kyoani show and I feel like PA Works has that as well now. I got gotcha. you. Like, that is a PA Works show, all right? <laughs> yeah, like there's mm, three that... People working, a looming threat to the workplace. <laughs> yep. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like a PA Works show to me. Yeah. Sounds like a PA Works <laughs> Like there's three anime that I'm seeing from summer that might pique my interest, but I could also see see that me watching like one episode and going, yeah, I don't got time for this. It's the Mappa Shonen type show that it's Hion Sadai no Itadin Idaten. Mm. You guys familiar? Which one? Definitely oh. not. Idaten deities uh, of the peaceful generation. Hion Sadai of Hidaten Tachi. Yeah. So maybe that could be something I'm into. Uh, Sunny Boy, you mentioned, I, I'm re- I read it. It seems like it could be okay. It seems like it'd be right up my alley. It's got that kind of monster-esque uh, character design to it. Mm. And then I've seen a lot of advertisements for Nighthead 2041 and Scarlet Nexus. So maybe I'll check those out. Yeah, Scarlet Nexus is a brand new RPG coming from Bandai for the Xbox. Oh, uh, so it's probably going to be well. more of an uh, advertisement for the game. It will definitely be. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the, game lo- the game looks interesting, but, you know. The game is, anime the, yeah, is the game uh, looks fun. Mm. Yeah, anime is like... I don't know about the anime, but... <laughs> uh, 
Yeah, but, the, but of course those three I just it looks beautiful and fun. Yeah, those three I just mentioned, they're way down at the bottom of the list for from my anime list of things shows people are looking forward to. Like the the big ones are Slime season two, no interest from me. Kobayashi Dragon Maid season two, no thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, the Higurashi sequel, the, the Higurashi sequel to the remake is uh, also coming out. So is it, or is that an OVA yeah, yeah, or yeah. something? No, yeah, it's yeah. serious. No. Oh, I see it. Sequel yeah. to Higurashi. Oh, I didn't even know that was coming out. All right, so one, one for sure. <laughs> the Higurashi sequel. The there you go. One. Got one. Yay. <laughs> Hmm. Yeah, so there, there are some things there, but it's not. It's one of those typical like summer seasons, in my opinion. Summer is often like this. It's not necessarily the highest quality of shows. Maybe it'll be one surprise, but generally speaking, it'll be a a very calm season, as summer often is. Yeah. So good opportunity to probably play uh play finish up from a lot of shows I've been meaning to. Meaning to watch. Catch up, beat uh, Near Replicant, because I still need to do that, and then go into my Yakuza grind. Oh, I need to finish Persona yeah. 3. <laughs> finish Yakuza Kiwami 2 and work on my post-graduation final paper. <laughs> That's right. We've been talking uh, about that to... thing for so long that I feel like it's I... never going to happen. <laughs> I do. It's okay. I, I It starts uh, on July. I think I have until okay. December to finish it. I have six months to do all the research and writing. I can do the writing in, a, in an evening. I don't, yeah. don't mind that. The problem, like the biggest problem is the is finding the source and materials and books and buying everything. That's the the most painful part, the the buying, right? <laughs> because it usually it usually involves thousands upon thousands of bucks in books that I will I will only read for one reference in one line and never touch it again. <laughs> uh yes. Uh, let's see. Well, since we're talking about it, uh, how about that moving bar? Oh, sure. Let's yeah, go back let's see. So that would be year is 2006. Summer 2006. What do we got? Oh, baby. Uh, welcome to NHK. Now qualifies. Uh, nice. Familiar of zero. <laughs> Honey and Clover season two, which Ooh, I've never seen. Is that a, a... Yeah, uh, that, that is one interesting. Second I don't think season, I, I guess. I don't think I like Audie and Glover just for the simple fact that I don't like Marge comes in like a lion. So. <gasps> yeah, you probably wouldn't like That's it, Tori. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely up my alley, though. Um, Production IG Le Chevalier Don. Dion. Dion. I've seen that show. Oh my god. These shows look That's terrible. Show. Yeah, this is what I mean, right? Season. Yeah, summer season. What do you expect? So we got Honey and Clover 2 and NHK. That's like it. (laughs) Bainbo Shinmai Monogatari. Let's see. Maybe there's some OVAs or something that came out that was interesting. (laughs) Mayhaps. Of course not. Uh, Where's the OVAs? There they are. Wow. Oh, oh, and A is Mobile to Gundam Seed. CE73 Stargazer. Mm. Yeah. No thank you to that either. 
Helsing Ultimate. Yeah, of course, because uh, yeah. God, I'm looking like I'm looking at all the anime that were ongoing during the the summer. Uh, besides, mm. uh, let's see, Orin High School Host Club was still going. Ergo Proxy was still going. Nana Blood Plus. Uh, Utaware no Mono. <laughs> all right. I mean, we uh, yeah. The Girl Who Left Through Time is now uh, a movie that uh, can be reviewed. No way. Yes way. Really? Yeah. July 15th, 26, uh, 2006. <gasps> oh. oh. Wait, we, we can might review have to, Stratos 4. We might have to do Girl <laughs> Who Left Through Time. Oh, boy. Resident Evil 4 Incubate, the anime? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Come on, that's what we all want to watch. All Resident Evil TV and movies are <laughs> amazing. Uh, Girl who leapt through time. Wow. That could be good. Always got to check. Why, why does that look like it came out in the 70s? Probably did. No, it came out in September 30th, 2006. It's, you sure it's not a spin-off of an older show <laughs> but why wouldn't they update the, the art style I don't know prequel yeah there's a bunch of prequels is it one of those shows that keeps coming back like every five years <laughs> why do they have an Inca guy listed as supporting cast what yeah yeah just in case Benevolent guider of souls through the realm of spirits. And he, okay. And he has a Spanish name. Good to know. Good to know. So I can, I can punch this guy once I get, once I die. <laughs> Let's see. They, they do have an updated one from, wait, what? Hold on. What the fuck just happened here? What? It downgraded from 2003 to 2006. What? Why would you? Ah, you know. Well. <laughs> Wait, what? This what concerns you this a lot, Hickey. <laughs> it, I don't know what. This is the first one. Hold on. Just take a look at the promotional art for that. Just copy the link. Just. Tori, what are you Wait. working on over on the YouTube of Anime Top Scholar? So currently I'm working on kind of a uh, continuation of the thing with it, with the uh, top tens uh, for the podcast, except this time it is all of our combined ones. So, you know, we scored them and then <laughs> as because, of course, only one show actually came out on, on top as a clear winner and uh, everyone else died. <laughs> with each other but you know <laughs> with different shows so we had to sort that out got uh, we got to sort that out and uh, yeah i have the script uh, script written up i need to record it and then put the video together and hopefully that'll be out in not too long excellent looking forward to it very exciting hickey you still uh this, concerned over trivial issues this is the 2000 why did you because it's the first one. It's already very confusing on what the fuck is going on in the picture. Laws of the Sun. Wait. Wait, what? 
There's not even the first one. Yeah, it says movie By two. the happy science religion. Oh, no. Oh, just, no. That is, say, isn't, uh, that the key, isn't that the code that... Hold Is this the code oh, anime? I think it is the code anime. Oh, because, yes. <laughs> happy the, science movie I'm, four. Happy science is... Happy science? Fucked up stuff it's fucked up Laws i'm pretty sure sun. this is a uh, this is an anime produced by the by said cult it, it is oh fuck yeah happy science <laughs> movie one came out in 97 and then happy science movie two came out in 2000 yep. what are we gonna are we gonna do like a happy science movie trilogy review or something <laughs> I I I don't I know, honestly. You wanna do you wanna get into some cult stuff? I mean, sure, why not? <laughs> I'll be uh I'm Oh man look at this up. Look, we're we're a retro anime podcast. We've reviewed some wacky shit here and so, somehow they're usually like well, some of the most downloaded things. <laughs> Dragon Ball? Nah, fuck that. <laughs> Saikano, that's what's more oh, important no. in people's lives. Oh the Hemis. Aiwakaze no Gotoku. I think this is the first one. I've never heard of these. So what thousands, is what... thousands of years in the past, a young boy named Hermes is named as the future great hero hero in a prophecy. Hermes grows up to save the beautiful princess and save the face and and face the evil king Minos of Crete. The first title in the series of anime films by Happy Science Code. What the fuck? I'm reading this review on my anime list of Happy Science Movie 2. And it's more of a so bad, it's so good. If you're looking for a confusing, funny experience or a movie to watch while high with your friends, <laughs> this is it. Here it is. It's like if Christians made Bible or... the movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, nah, the controversial religious organization Happy Science, that's a that's a nice way of saying cult, has begun streaming sure. three videos for the anime film adaptation of The Rebirth of Buddha, book by its founder founder Ryuho Okawa. Yeah. Yep, this is in fact this is in fact cult stuff. Oh yeah. What, what oh, Holmes yeah. has to do what Holmes has to do with Buddha? Oh. I don't know. Happy, I don't care. I'm, I'm writing these down. Happy Science Movie Trilogy. <laughs> I guess we can we can do the Happy Science Movie Trilogy and then just jump into an NHK no Yoko Soul. <laughs> <laughs> of course. Conspiracy. How many of these just movies exist? Oh, man. There's at least four. God, you can even see the animation and character art change over the over the like generations. <laughs> oh nope, Happy Science Movie Four goes backwards. <laughs> so nineteen ninety seven to two thousand six, they look to made four movies, and they're all about two uh, hours. So all that's... right, guys. Now you know if you want to see if you want to see cult stuff, then. <laughs> And you gotta gotta tune into the Red Leaf Retrocast, Retro Anime Cast. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs>
with that, shall isn't, we go in? Shall we go into the acting cult world? <laughs> ah, yes. Ah, yes. Isn't isn't Happy Science the the code they made fun in Yakuza? Probably. I'm pretty sure it is. Yes. Okay. Sounds about right. Just, uh, yeah, because they have like the the little dance and they are yep. smiling. Mm. Yeah. Oh man, that one was a weird ass Goro Machu mode. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I'm gonna play Yakuza Zero Tangent. I'm going to play two drops back to back. So bear with me for a minute here. Chisi is cute, okay. but slow. She's little, timid, and on top of that, really clumsy. Uh-uh. All right. Just some couple drops I haven't played in a while. Guys, we're talking Glass No Common, a.k.a. Glass Mask from uh, 1984. Uh, the spring 1984, to be specific. It's an anime that ran not 23 episodes. <laughs> it was 22 with a recap episode to finish it off. <laughs> yeah, it's, well, that's one of those confusing... I mean, it's one of the things when I was like, if I would have just watched this, I would have been like, okay, all right. So there is more to come. And uh, I mean... It never yes. comes. <laughs> no, it, it, there is more to come, but the first one was from like, what, 93? I think. And that is a remake. And then another remake in 2005. Hmm. Mm. Yeah, it's only remakes. Yeah, so it's like... Which, it's, like which why is quite, you... it's quite sad because, like, the first series, it only... It's, like, two years of the of the main character alive. Yeah. Mm. No, three years. Three years of her life. But the the manga stopped when she's 20 years old. So, like, there's four years of her life that is missing as an actress. <sighs> but, man, what a fun little show. I had too much fun with this. Yeah, uh, so it's the it's by Studio Icon, no the Sazai-san studio. Uh, director oh. is Gisaburo Sugi, who also did Night on the Galactic Hair, um, Railroad, uh, the original uh, Dororo series. So he's got some he's got some background to him. Damn, he's yeah, that guy. He did Twilight Gemini, Loop on the Third movie. He did the Cleopatra key animation. Oh yeah, Cleopatra. Yeah, that man is just ancient. He was uh, chief director of Touch. He was a key animator. He was the key animator for Looping the Third pilot film. Oh, okay. Yeah, so this guy, yeah, this guy's he, got he uh, quite back. a good record to him, um, and I think, man, I think he did a really good job with this one, considering. Yeah, I mean, like obviously, yeah. there's some. Um, so the first thing I noticed when I uh, put on the first episode was I was just like, man, this is crisp. Yeah, too crisp. It's like too, way too crisp for an 80s show. So I immediately went to Google and typed in glass, glass mask Blu-ray. And yes, sure enough, this has indeed been uh, visually updated for a 2018 Blu-ray release. Oh, well, there you go. There, there Makes you sense. Go. <laughs> I was like, this That's image quality point. is a little bit too crisp for an 80s show, an early 80s show. But even early even with the yeah, even with the remastering for Blu-ray, there is no... Like those specs and and hair in between the cells. yeah no it's been it's like, been cleaned it's been cleaned ah uh, nice 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 uh that's unfortunate I would really like to see the the original state of it 
same, but anyway, still. So Glass Mask, uh, its summary is as follows, taken from Anime Planet. Uh, Young Maya's passion is drama and theater, so much so that sometimes her grip on reality wavers. Most consider her to be a lost cause, destined to live with her head in the clouds, but things change when the legendary actress Sukikage sees potential in Maya, and when she offers to train her, Maya eagerly accepts. Yet the road to fame is paved with, paved with hardships. With strong rivals to test her and close friends to spur her on, will Maya be able to reach her ultimate goal? And the goal is really for Maya to become a famous actress and... Uh, so Sukakage, uh, her, her the the legend, the legendary actress has uh, the script called The Crimson Goddess, and it's this very famous play. And the main actress role is kind of seen as the ultimate role. And uh, Sukakage is essentially picking between her kind of protege in a way, or this other character uh, in the show is Maya's main rival named uh, uh, Ayumi. Ayumi Himikawa? Is that her name? Think yes. So? Yeah, yeah. Himikawa. So the, these are your two kind of main actresses to pay attention to. They're constantly in uh, battles against each other throughout the series. Ayumi is uh, the rich... She's from a she's from two famous act, actor and actresses herself. That's her parents. Uh, she's rich, uh, very beautiful, and she's got the in with a famous, apt, uh, uh, famous large acting company, uh, with a director that pretty much plays dirty all the time. Meanwhile, Maya, under uh, Tsukikage, they're kind of in this kind of do-it-yourself uh, studio. Uh, they're originally backed by a company, but um, due to uh, various circumstances we'll get into, uh, they they pretty much run out of out of a various just rundown places. Uh, and it's Maya. So Maya is going through the hardships of trying to land roles and use her skill to get to the top while everything's kind of, I mean, to, not to take a, take it a, from Ayumi, like she, she definitely works her ass off, but the opportunities are just kind of handed to her. Uh, she doesn't really have to go out and search and risk things. Uh, my to an extent. Yes. Yeah. yeah. But, like this is one of the things that I appreciate about this show versus a lot of other shows shoujo shows and other shows in general that deals with these kind of things it's like normally you have the uh the rival who is just like conceited and fucking like i get everything i want no matter what right i do actually respect the fact that they went for a rival here who was like i don't want to be handed shit i want to prove that i am yes. fucking good at this <laughs> yeah no that was a very refreshing uh character uh, especially considering all the other anime we constantly have seen uh, covered on this podcast, and what, yeah, what I I really like that about the uh, Ayumi character because yes, she does come from a rich family. Yes, people are going to hand her and expect things, but her 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 own character is to work her ass off to prove to everyone that she absolutely earns everything instead of just is deservedly handed because that's just what they expect out of her. Uh, probably one of my favorite moments was near the end uh, when they're both in the battle of, of the Helen Keller role. And as they're training, uh, Onodera, the, the dickhead director, he's kind of blowing off Maya because she's, you know, let, let's call her an outsider for now. And 
he just kind of he doesn't give her any advice. Ah, just go play Helen Keller on your own. I don't want to blah blah blah. You're a free spirit, and so he's going up to Ayumi, and he goes, "Okay, now about your character." And Ayumi, instead of just accepting it like we would with a normal kind of like a uh, Ojo Sama character, she just goes, "Why don't you just give me the same advice you give her?" <laughs> like, I want to beat her with my own skill, not through your bullshit. Uh, I really really like that and the entire show really was about those two characters doing just that and all the way from from start to finish and it was it was very enjoyable hickey i'm gonna say this right now i really enjoyed this show yay the redemption arc continues (laughs) on time because the next time is really bad Uh, (laughs) yeah yeah it's it's quite it's it's very very good. Uh, I think my my favorite part is definitely the Maya. She, I think she's an excellent character because she can strive, uh, especially coming from like the last. We had touch, which I guess it's it's similar to that, where the guy doesn't really get a re- proper redemption. The only coach. He's just a dick until he goes blind. Mm. <laughs> and this one, the the at some point you kind of start understanding the the coach, Skage. And Maya is always like, okay, I need to improve more. I need to understand what's going on. And she always come back on top. Even when bad things happen. Like, she doesn't stay a lot of time just sucking it up. She just, okay, that happened. I want to be an actress, so what? I, I, it's not like they them demolishing the place I was practicing twice in the series <laughs> uh, will make me stop. Like, it's not all those good officers from those guys were not really cool. I mean, ex- except the... the the vice press guy at the end he was he was a cool dude except the the pedophile undertones but in regardless that's the 80s uh look i wouldn't say oh that's the 80s there was so what mm. hickey what hickey glossed over there (laughs) i mean i say i say that's the 80s because i will let you know that up to 2012 Uh uh-huh child pornography was legal in japan yeah uh, i yes that is so, that is like, absolutely a fact. It is the Japan eighties. So like, but he's a he's not a bad man, but That's he's kind bad. of bad. He no, he's like kind of bad because he does everything he wants for the script. Like everything he needs to do, he will do to get the script of the Crimson Goddess. But he's not a bad guy. It's, yeah, it's a, it's a weird it's a weird dichotomy it's, with the character. It's a weird, yeah, yeah. And so at some point, he pretty pretty much gives up on it. Yeah. <laughs> no, but I mean, like it's the sort of thing where it's like you know, young taking over the company from his father, and it's like I've been taught how to handle this, what to do. We do everything here, and it's like that little problem where it's like, is it really what I want to do though? Like I feel like I'm kind of just being forced to <laughs> essentially be my father again. So right. it's like it's one of those things, but there's a there's a lot of interesting uh, interesting stuff there. I also really appreciate how um, Maya, despite the fact that their focus is you know obviously Whoa. the the crimson uh, with the uh, li- uh, role of crimson goddess on the line as like the big apple at the end, 
that whole battle between Maya and Ayumi of who was the better actress. One of the things that I also really appreciate here is the fact that normally in these types of stuff, it's like, oh, you have the you have the one who's really good, and then you have the fucking the one that we picked up off the street who's just got immense talent and then catches up like nothing. One of the things that I really appreciate here is throughout the entire series, they keep saying it over and over again. Maya as an actress is not as good as Ayumi. Right. But she demands attention and she's unconventional and that's exciting. But Ayumi is literally the perfect actress. She yes. is if you were to just go based on acting merits, this wouldn't be a competition. So it's like I, I do like that. It's like it's different styles and not just a matter of like, oh, in two weeks I caught up to what you have done your entire life. It's none of that bullshit. Yeah, especially like when she starts going out, like she's thinking about giving up on on high school, and she starts looking for roles. And people are like, "You're not beautiful. Yeah, you're not attractive." <laughs> and she asks for the people like, there. Your voice, like, yeah, your voice is shit. Your voice is shit. Why would they give you the role? And then like she, then she starts being called the the the, the stage storm. Because she acts alone in stage, and it's really hard to to act with her, to well, act alongside her, because she's basically acting by herself, and she doesn't understand that a play is a cooperation between every single actor. And like she gets all those good roles and all those good companies, and they're like, she she's not for us. She's just gonna drive us into a wall and break the company. It's like it's very, very interesting. Like her, her growth is very interesting. And after what after episode twelve, there isn't much about the Oni coach anymore, especially because Tsukaki becomes bedridden. It's freaking she just stays in a hospital. And every time she's like, Oh, Maya needs to figure it out by herself. Oh. And it's an important porn. It like at some point, and those kind of any kind of profession there's there's a, a a line where no teacher can teach you anything anymore even if they teach you something it might not be useful for you so you need to just sit down and figure out for yourself and half of the series is just maya going around and trying to figure out stuff by herself with an occasional occasional physical abuse here and there that's the you occasional know. physical abuse even so, when she goes off on her own, she just abuses herself. It's okay. Yeah, that's uh, true. <laughs> the yeah, you guys mentioned the progression of of Maya and how she's able to uh, learn each role, and each role is harder than the last. Uh, it, it shows her progression as an actress, which I really enjoyed. Uh, her starting her like her her starting her first role uh, to find her own character in whomever she's playing as uh, rather than who she thinks the character ought to be. And that kind of what makes Maya very fresh uh, and gives new perspective to her roles. That's the running theme with her while Ayumi just knows how to be that character. Uh, like you said, Tori, the perfect actress. And when it comes competition time, and we keep saying competition, which, it, it, you know, they perceive it as a competition in the anime, which makes it very enjoyable to watch, is 
each time Maya is able to captivate the audience and be the fan favorite, while Ayumi is regarded by critics as the better uh, actress uh, for for a good chunk of the show, and even to the uh, and going forward through the different roles, Ayumi uh, you know cuts her hair, becomes a boy, uh, she gets her own character, and the immersiveness of the roles for both Maya, uh, Maya and Ayumi to uh, to act is very fascinating, and how they're they just they just engross themselves with being that person. Maya, from Maya learning to uh, have a bit role of someone with a paralyzed leg, where she ties her up her own leg and becomes becomes that uh, that paralyzed person, all the way to the Helen Keller role, which will uh, I'm sure we'll keep hitting on, where she fucking locks herself up in a house, deaf and blind. <laughs> to uh to uh, just for days and days and days and she slowly kind of loses her own mind a little bit she's losing track of time she has no idea what day it is uh yeah it's it's super it's super interesting um i really yeah those first 12 episodes i think were better than the last 11 uh but i'm not saying it's like bad or anything it's just the first 12 i think were the more inter- was the more interesting half because of the type of development we saw from Maya's uh, humble yeah. beginnings to her finally starting to get roles uh, uh, more often. Yeah, it's the the last eleven is just uh, the rivalry more. Yeah, right. Because now Maya is being recognized. Before it's just like there there was there was the one point where the uh, the theater Ayumi. Hold on, let me just grab the names so I don't. Uh, Ayumi and Maya uh, uh, presented the same play. Yeah. And Ayumi was first, and like everyone was applauding and clapping and stuff. And then she's on the outside, and the same play is going on, and she's like, there's no sound inside of the theater. And then she goes, and, and, it, and it was like, yeah, yeah, like, we don't need to watch those third rate actors doing that and she opens the door and everyone is just captivated they yeah. cannot take their their eyes out they cannot concentrate or not get a slight deviation of concentration to clap to the accent or anything by how captivated they are by maya so th- that's the only little thing that happens there's also like when they found the theater to work on in front of another very famous, the Orion Theater, and suddenly the Orion is just losing clients to this rundown place where people need to sit down on the floor. <laughs> Stuff like that, when she's playing the doll. Yeah. So yeah. The, the last part is just Maya is now being recognized. She's not the, the stage storm anymore. So she's getting roles. Then our uh, weird entrepreneur, Hayami what is Masumi, what is stage storm? He starts giving her roles as well. What? What is stage storm for the for the listeners? We haven't uh, uh, we haven't defined as they it. describe as they describe on the on the show. Like they never give you a a perfect uh, description of a, of what a stage storm is. It's basically an actor or an actress that. It is way too individualistic on their performance. And so they kind of steal the show. 
So everything <laughs> ends up being every everything in the place starts turning around them instead of around a relationship or a scene. It's more about just their own actress. And the show when when Ayumi kind of realizes that when she's playing the doll, she finishes playing the doll. Oh, Ayumi, not Ayumi, Maya. Uh, she realizes that because they, they go back to every place she's made and you see like she's acting on one side, but it, there's always an, an extra actor close to her and they always kind of surprise. They're not expecting her to, to do that. And if you go back to the episodes, even the, the people watching, the spectators, they are not kind of, they, they, they're taken by surprise by her actions and they either, either get surprised and laugh or get surprised and clap because she's pretty much stealing the show and making the show about her and not the act, not the play. That's a stage storm. That's why a lot of, she, she ends up being rejected by a bunch of theaters later due to that. You don't want that. She's a great actress. She's refreshing and just captivates everyone but she's not a team player that's what a kind of a stage storm is yeah no uh there's at uh, least for me again the the, the, the yeah, no, no, does I, a I, bad job at explaining a lot of stuff and yeah, i'm they, pretty sure they cut I don't know if, when they called her a, a a stage storm like ended the episode there was was a bit odd and then they never went into it again so it's like okay I mean, I, I get the point right again. Like you said, it's Steve. It's just essentially stealing attention. And that is her strength. Even later on, when she learns to be more of a team player, uh, when she's playing Helen Keller, it's the same shit, right? Where it's like um, when she's playing uh, together with um, Ayumi's mother. And it's like, yeah, mm -hmm. like she just said, it's literally just she stops being able to like concentrate. Like it stops being a play. It's real, like despite the fact that she is the better actress again, right? And she is the main star there essentially, and uh, everybody should technically be following her lead. She ends up getting sucked into uh, into Maya's uh, into Maya's pace, and it's like it stops being acting there. She's like <laughs> Maya tries to hit her in the face, and instead of just taking it like she's supposed to, she dodges out of the way and stuff like that, right? It's like because it's like it, you kind of forget that you're acting. So she still has that like stage storm entire presence. She just demands attention. She dictates everything that happens uh, and stuff like that. Uh, so that's that's yeah. good that they it's, keep that around. One thing that I really, really do think is kind of funny though, which is when I saw this, I was just like, they, these these people would be fired so often. The amount <laughs> of times, not just Maya, but Ayumi or others, just take the play into their own fucking hands and changes the script and changes everything for everyone. <laughs> it's like, holy fucking shit. You guys would be out of a job so fast if this was yeah. real life. <laughs> yeah, it's it's that's one of the problems of the show. It's kind of the, the shoujo, the shoujo people being dicks i guess shoujo and it works it makes sense for what's it's happening like, it's just like but it wouldn't work no, in real life on. giving 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 maya a fake script <laughs> and it's like <laughs> it was oh, a fake script yeah. i gave it a wrong script yeah it's like you you're not going to fucking survive you just play by the rules and like dude what the fuck <laughs> 
Uh, like you shouldn't do that. It's still your job. If she fails, the play fails, uh, and you lose your job. Uh -huh. Why would you do that? Again, it's just like people being assholes. Yes. The owner did. The owner did a guy who's just an asshole throwing through. I don't get yeah. about that. <laughs> That's but, the sort of guy you look at. You like, how the fuck did you become a high-profile director? <laughs> You Definitely don't not survive the result, in never. this industry. <laughs> you don't revive in this industry by playing by the rules, I guess. Uh, yeah, but sure. It's, it's a competition. It's everyone for themselves. But it's like, holy fucking shit. Like, this guy can't not be biased on anything. <laughs> uh, it's funny, though. Yeah. It works. It works for the drama that they're trying to make. It's not, it's not that serious. But it, it is. Chris Erickson's about the drama. Uh, off the field and responsive huh? Christian Erickson's responsive and he left the field uh... yeah yeah they cancelled yeah. the game the game has been uh, suspended yeah Whew. That's, that's good a, what a story didn't die. well we don't know that <laughs> he's responsive that's good enough unresponsive wasn't that what he said no he's conscious now okay, no he's conscious he's responsive yeah. okay I thought you said yeah, unresponsive because he, probably... he has been he unresponsive for a, a while yeah, that's crazy. He probably had an aneurysm. Maybe. Most likely. But anyway, uh, talking about drama and people fucking dying and having aneurysms, uh, the, the drama that is not related to the place <laughs> uh, is, always, is also quite good with like her mother and the teacher just burning the, the letters. She's like, I'm, I'm going to make her the, the perfect actress. She, she doesn't need a family anymore. So she just intercepts the, the letters from Maya to her mother and her mother to Maya and just burns it. And then like, Ma, like Maya mother just keeps saying she will never be an actress. And then she, you know, she starts coughing blood, whatever the fuck that means. It's the Japanese winter disease. Well, she had uh, tuberculosis. That's what they told her she had. Oh, that's... Yeah, that's yeah. The mother relationship she went blind was very from malnutrition. Yeah, very funny to me. It's just like, oh, she has tuberculosis. Oh, the poor, that poor old woman, and she went blind from malnutrition. All right, seriously, come on. The the relationship of Maya and her mother was it was such a small part of the story, but it was very strange because. She goes, oh, my daughter, she's an idiot. She's no good at anything. Basically taking all of her, her failures onto her daughter. And then when Maya go, gets this big opportunity into doing what she loves, the mother goes, I'm taking you back. You ran away from home to pursue a dream? Fuck you. If I can't have you, then she throws the boiling water at her, trying to burn her. And, it's, and then she, then I don't think they communicate for two years. Mm. <laughs> At all before Maya's like, I wonder what my mom's up to. <laughs> you know, that happens. No, yes, yeah. I mean, it is. Um... I mean, but for, but for Maya, it, it, it's like, oh, my my letters are getting to her because she she wrote a letter like, I'm sorry, I left home. I didn't want you. Like, I'll I'll make you proud. Uh, I want I will explain everything later. Unfortunately, I don't have money to. To you know, be be with you and whatever. I need to concentrate in my dream right now because I have this awesome opportunity. That letter was intercepted oh, and yeah, that... ended up burning. And then the mother was like, "Oh man, I I fuck it up. I shouldn't do that." It's like, "Hey, I miss you, and why not? I'm sending you some stuff. Please respond to me." And then what happens? 
fucking Tsukage doesn't doesn't even burn the the package by her own. She 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 compels the butler to burn it. That's right. <laughs> like throw that in the fire. Like, but but you want to be an actress? Do it. Throw your family away. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. So it's like I don't I don't blame the mother. Like it's it's important that the mother keeps being a huge part of the series technically because you know it, it kind of kind of humanizes my a little bit like especially when when the doll thing happens and you know she starts crying because she's thinking about her mother and it's like she's she's not just a an actress she's not a, a doll right and that's mm-hmm. when so they it, drop it, the name of the show yeah, <laughs> we use, I was wondering we when they would do there. that, and then it's just like the masks we wear are glass masks, and I'm just like, yes, yeah. <laughs> I love the trope as well. <laughs> uh, yeah, so like it's it's important, and like you see, I guess the the development change of heart of her mother when she goes blind, and she's like, look at this, look at this newspaper. Uh, it's my daughter. She's beautiful. Like it's when she she won a she won a what citation for her for her acting, and the doctor's like, oh yeah, she's really beautiful. And she's just like smithering of a paint. Mm. So like it, it is definitely interesting. Even Sky Kissin say like she has her reasons, and like they show a little bit that she she doesn't have an eye, and she's. Her face is all burned because when she was acting, a spotlight fell into her face and ended her career. So, like, even even her, I know it's not the best justification for what she did, but like, Skaki is a little bit beyond salvation, I guess, mentally. She isn't sad. She's not. She, well, I do kind of like yeah, that yeah. trope. I do like the trope, the fucking, uh, like, uh, it was like, oh, she's dying. I will not die until I've seen my p- <laughs> my play fulfilled and we have an actress and we see how this shit works. I refuse to die. <laughs> Although the, I'm glad that they kind of decided to pull back on that a little bit where it's like, okay, let's actually have her go back and rest now instead of just constantly being like typical, like trying to trying to push through the fucking heart attacks and everything constantly for the rest of the series so that, that that's a little bit refreshing casually bit escapes hospital yeah <laughs> I mean even still that's still a thing in anime to this day where it's like oh you're in for a serious disease hmm. ah, I'll just walk out <laughs> I'll just take a stroll uh, through the park no big deal <laughs> yep. no, it, it, it's always funny I mean I assume that has something to do with the same thing where it's like here you technically can't for someone to stay in hospital if they really don't want to, but I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, it depends. Yeah. All right, to, pi- to pivot like, you, to uh, to pivot can, back a little bit. It's you cannot you cannot force people to take blood transfusions and surgery. The rest you can force them. Mm. Uh, to pivot back a little bit. What was everyone's favorite uh, Maya performance? Uh, you. Okay, I'll go first because I got mine. <clears throat> sure. Yeah, this was when 
the series, I decided it was. Uh, I I I decided this series is good, and I'm way <laughs> into this. And it was, it was the uh, Onodera guy. He convinces the two dudes from the Sukikage uh, group to uh, sabotage the performance by mm-hmm. first breaking all the props, and then because uh, they they found uh, replacement props and they were fixing them. They then uh, stranded the rest of the group away, so that forced Maya to do the entire play on her own. And that was the one, that was the same one where Ayumi did the same play, correct? Yes, it was. Okay, yeah. So <laughs> so Maya has to do this entire like hour and a half play solo with just a couple people knocking on the door, just at the mm-hmm. right cues, and how captivated the audience was and how she was able to just do this crazy solo performance, the amount of stamina and just kind of changing up the lines accordingly and, and uh, kind of using, kind of using her, her uh, training skills that she knows to date, or at least learned to get through this play was, was super intriguing and fascinating of, of how she was able to get over these, these particular trials and tribulations of each play. And this one was the most yeah. compelling to me. Uh, it definitely was. Although I will say one thing though, which is a little bit, a little bit like again, typical shoujo tropes, a little bit annoying. Imagine being those guys who tried to sabotage that for already pretty stupid reasons. Can't believe they didn't realize they were being set up. But uh, it's what it is. <laughs> it's called the naive. Fact that they went through all the trouble of breaking everything, all set pieces, all costumes, everything, except for the main characters. Uh, uh, costume. It's like if you fucking went through all of that, why stop at the last thing? Eh, they forgot and they were almost caught. I guess I don't know. Don't worry about it. <laughs> it's so dumb. It's <laughs> like come on. <laughs> all you need to do is just rip it in half. Like come on, fuck off. <laughs> yeah, and of course the of course the uh, the 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 ceremony when they had to choose the winner was also interesting where. Uh, Maya had co- had just compelled the audience so well that she was clearly the fan favorite. But then Onidera, this dickhead, is the biggest dickhead in the entire show, easily. Uh, he go he he does the whole political play. It's like, look, I'm the I'm I'm from the rich company. I implore the judges to disqualify her based on just these stupid reasons. Uh, that are like totally legal. Spirit is like, what do you mean acting spirit? <laughs> Motherfucker did a play by herself by an hour and 40 minutes. Right. That is, that is more fucking acting spirit than the whole fucking cast of of every single play in here. Yeah, but so I do, love, I do love the words. judge's response to that, though, which is literally just, this guy's so fucking assist, uh, insistent on this shit. Let's just... I don't even want to deal with this guy. Let's just go for it. Yeah, right. Ah, whatever. <laughs> it's like, it's... They don't even want to fucking argue. It's like I'm, I'm not gonna bother. I'm not gonna deal with this guy. Which yeah. basically just goes to show what kind of fucking reputation this guy has. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It was, it was a good kind of villain play, and even afterwards, uh, just praising the Ayumi character some more, even though she technically won. She goes, "Nah, we lost. Oh, look at, win. look at, yeah. Well, yeah." Yeah. I mean, it's great. I love that because it's always like, ah, what does the audience know? They don't know the first thing about acting. And it's like, that doesn't really matter, does it? Considering the fact that they're the ones who fucking buy the tickets. They're the ones who come to see. Right, they're the paying customer. If they don't want to fucking see you, 
then what does it matter if you're technically better? <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's that's yeah, that's just... what what matters at the end of the day. <laughs> are you going to be a are you going to be able to draw the house? <laughs> and mm. um, Ayumi's like, well, I'm taking this L today. Uh, guys, take the L with me. <laughs> and they're like, shit, because <laughs> they were ready to just just lay it into her. Ah, oh, you failure. <laughs> but all the fans are around her. Just asking for her autograph and congratulating her, and that—that's that, a running theme throughout, basically. And Ayumi kind of has to—I—I I really got the feeling she had to, uh, what's the word? Uh, 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 convince herself that she was better at the end, despite Maya getting the award. She goes, "Oh, you won because of your freshness and no, being no, 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 no. unique." Ah, that means I technically won. I was like, bitch, she got the trophy. Not you. <laughs> no, 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 no. That's, that, at least that's not how I get it. Say, because the thing is, right? That is specifically it. She won the trophy, or she won the award for being different. Yeah. Not for being better, for being different. And that is kind of that, that, that keeps that, uh, it keeps the status quo, essentially, where it's like, who is actually the better actress? Is Maya now the better actress? She's not the better actress. Well, no, yeah. But she displayed a she displayed, like they were talking about the entire time, she displayed a Helen Keller different to anyone else, not one that's ever been seen before. Ayumi's Helen Keller was pitch perfect, how she is supposed to be, how she was envisioned, how the play is supposed to go. But this Helen Keller is exciting. So it's like, it's still that, like, where's the difference between being a technically superior actor and, you know being somebody so people actually want to go to watch yeah well if the series would have continued i would have liked to see uh the progression you can of, always of jump the into the manga jd it's 49 volumes yeah i mean and i could technically not over because <laughs> it went on hiatus in 2012 i don't uh, tori <laughs> call me call me crazy but uh, uh i don't <laughs> think it's gonna finish <laughs> <laughs> said anything with finishing <laughs> well uh, yeah yeah so what was what was you two's uh favorite play? Uh I guess the uh, Withering Heights. Oh Withering yeah. Heights. Was that yeah. the doll one? Hothcliffe! Catherine! Oh that uh, one, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Because like how it 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 it's kind of the pinnacle of how how well Maya can impersonate a character feel the character and become the character because because the other guy Hofcliff, he he's just he got a girlfriend and the guy's yeah. like i'm in love with catherine but it's, but catherine is not maya it's just the mask yeah that was just I, I was laughing hysterically throughout it. that where the dude falls in love with her <laughs> yeah, yeah I and find then it, it, culminates, well. it culminates on the the doll one where he's like, that is not my Catherine. Yeah. Where did she go? Yeah, it plays into that play as well. Yeah, I do think it's yeah. really interesting as well, because even in the build-up to that play, you have uh, Sakura Koji, uh, Maya's quote-unquote boyfriend. Uh, I don't think that was ever official, but everybody no, kept it, saying it. it, it certainly they never was not. It, so, you know, <laughs> it's, uh, it is what it is. But I do find it very interesting when he, she wanted to, uh, Maya won't, like, rehearse the, uh, the lines with him. And it's like, you see Sakura Koji, all he sees is, like, he sees in her eyes that he sees that she isn't looking at him. She isn't looking at anyone. She is just imagining Heathcliff. Right? Right. She yeah. is turning it. She, she is just changing herself and is only looking for Heathcliff. And it's like he, he 
you know, he gets jealous. It's like he can't handle that. Well, yeah. I'm not Heathcliff. Yeah. I'm so sorry. I'm not this guy you love. Yeah. And she and Maya goes, bro, I'm acting. What the fuck? Yeah. yeah. And then he just, he disappears for like a year. Yeah. He's like, oh, fuck. <laughs> He's like, damn, that was quite the, the leap. They don't talk a lot about uh, the timing in the show. No, they don't. I think there's only like one mentioning in like episode 20 or something. Like, oh, it's been two years since I found you. I was like, oh, what the fuck? It's been two years? Yeah, that nah, makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Sakura Kochi, though, always getting fucked, even in the end, when it's just like, I'm going, I'm going to travel to America and start all over and become a great actor. I will see you again one day. Because Maya's like, I will see you off. Never did. <laughs> yeah, it's just cool. <laughs> it's like, poor dude. This guy is like, he even said, it's like, I've been trying to fucking to get to you, to talk to you, to fucking catch up to you, but you don't even look my way. You never come to talk to me. You never do anything. <laughs> uh, poor guy. Yeah, Maya, Maya, yeah, I mean, Maya was best. established as super weird and, and, and uh, a, l- a little bit obsessive from the very start where she's de- delivering all of these uh all of these uh well deliveries food deliveries <laughs> just to get a ticket to a play that she clearly couldn't afford and she gets in there and memorizes into the ice cold ocean for yeah no thing. problem I oh i can go to the play now <laughs> like, sure, okay. they're like yes i did it in the water and i'm like Motherfucker, somebody needs to get her out of her before she drowns. Yeah, she's gonna get hypothermia <laughs> yeah. like immediately. <laughs> Let, let's let's the help this chick. Just Skikage just behind a pool going, mm, yes. <laughs> mm, I next, found somebody. <laughs> I found I found my true successor. <laughs> it's like yeah. okay. Interesting. The foreshadowing. <laughs> this is like, hey, do you wanna be an actress? I got a I got some some nice theater you can you can actually i got a theater in some dorms (laughs) yeah it's like oh that's well she tested her something you should refuse well she tested her it's like okay could you uh could you recite the the play that you went to once and saw it once and she recites it word for word and sukakage uh goes bro she memorized the lines of an entire playwright in a night like she's got some skills we we need her <laughs> and the theme of maya kind of learning lines kind of immediately in a night uh was established and that that was her role uh, i really i really liked how she inherently had this kind of i guess it's not photographic memory per se but it's definitely a really good memory and just innate ability to uh, learn kind of one of the most important parts of being an actress yeah. is hard or knowing the lines. I think it's funny. I guess I guess that's that's a given because you you need the drama. It wouldn't be fun if she spent like four episodes to remember the lines. It's more fun if she takes two hours to remember the lines, right? Which you can t- which in a in an animated episode you can put in two minutes. Like she's reading and some some flashing uh, scenes flashing just so you have a a very primitive and tropish passage of time sequence and then you have four episodes of her trying to become that character right and trying to like who is this person but what if what what she thinks about that and how she feels about this like i, I don't know so <laughs> it's it's more interesting to say that in my opinion I, what's your favorite play and 
Well, just Everything before I get to that, I want to say this first. So, because to me, what I think, I think they're going for the same logic as uh, a lot of um, musicians to have, because they have that, a lot of like, uh, higher profile or people that actually play music for a living has this ability to is to see the logic in the, uh, in the music. So, a lot of, it's not actually uncommon to get the uh, uh, the notes to the piece you're going to play literally like 10 minutes before you actually go to play it, which to most people sounds horrible. It's like, why well, you, you don't even know it yet. It's like, you don't need to know it. Once you've seen it, you'll, if you understand music well enough, you'll understand the logic. I feel like that's kind of the, the logic they're trying to apply here. It's like, she knows what's happening. So she can apply the logic of what is happening in the, in the script. And that's how she can learn, can learn it so fast. But that's just my interpretation of that. Uh, uh, no, honest, no, I feel that I fear you. I feel like that in law a lot, mm. but mine is a little bit more of a uh, metaphysical state of mind weird shit that I should not go into. <laughs> or or <laughs> be a little bit too confused. But I, I, I understand what you're saying. Uh, I can, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, to be honest, I don't really, I don't really have a favorite play. I think I kind of agree with JD on the solo play, though. Mm-hmm. I do think that is the strongest showcase for her. Uh, I mean, it literally is. He won the, <laughs> won the, uh, the audience award for that. But it's like, it's the same thing. It's like that. I do wish we would have seen more of the Helen Keller stuff because that was interesting, the little, part, the little parts we saw. But it is kind of like interspersed with all Bio Me and all of that. So it's, it's yeah, an interesting. It's, interesting, it's, an interesting on its, own. it's an interesting battle, but it's like you don't really see enough of it to get like an impression of the play, which is weird to say when you're watching an anime. It's like, oh. Yeah, I want to get an impression on the play. It's not real, my dude. <laughs> Stop. I mean, I, I guess it it fulfilled its job. Then. It did. If absolutely. that's the feeling you 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 felt, yeah, yeah, I yeah, guess yeah, the, yeah. The most I guess the most important part of that play, aside the play itself, is definitely the the water part. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, like the, how that's both, the literally how, the climax. Yes. <laughs> how one of those because you still have the play. Hmm. Uh, the, it's it's a weird script in that sense because it, it it is a it is a double climax script. It's not a little. It's not come. <laughs> it's also hard, very hard to do it, uh, because you need to you need to load you need to load the arc for a semi conclusion, but keeping the hype. It's not very fun to write. Anyway, uh, where like you have two very good actresses. And both of them have different kind of answers to what discovering, the remembering, and understanding the logic of water is, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. My is just like the surprise and the feel, and it just hits your fucking face, and it's like, oh shit! Explodes in your face. Yeah, that's water. <laughs> Me literally and got is... fucking electrocuted, <laughs> and she's like. I, I thought she was just put that back on, dude. As she was looking at the, like, as the woman is coming in and she just got electrified, like electrocuted, and she's holding the cable and, like, she's kind of looking to the outlet. I was like, don't do that again. <laughs> I was like, I was like, she's going to do it again. But yeah, no, it, it is definitely, I think the two, the two individual ones, of course, I like the heart, the heart play of the withering heels is, is a very good play because you can watch a lot of the play in that one uh 
the individual performances were definitely the two best. One is again the one where she's alone doing the pot, the blue pot thing with everything uh, being destroyed. The other one is the kindergarten play, where all the other yeah. actors are are late, and she needs to just sit down and kind of tell a story for the kids. Like the the actors come in, and she's like, "Oh, it's in the half of the story. Okay, let's just get you know get ready." And pick it up where she she stopped, and the kids are like, "No, we don't, we don't need you guys." And like, she, they just fucking rage quit and go away. And I think it's kind of a, a very important lesson to to her in, the, in in kind of the middle of the the stage storm kind of thing, mm. where the road she's taking is quite a lonely one, yeah. and a lot of people can be angry at her for being just talented. Oh, I do think and... it's kind of funny, though. Literally be like, you stole our stage. Motherfucker, you were late. Like, way late. <laughs> Tough luck. This is what it's like yeah, in the yeah, real yeah. world. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But at the same time, it's just like, how to... I guess the kind of show trying to tell, like, even if you're very talented, you can't over... Like, over-boundary yourself. Oh, yeah, like, even like you need to understand it's dumb but like and it was extremely uncalled for <laughs> she's just like well there's a bunch of child like a bunch of children here what the fuck am i supposed to do yeah the the children are rioting the fucking the the the, <laughs> the school i would have understood their frustration if this was a yeah. big ass play but i mean for fuck's sake <laughs> yeah, the fucking teachers are ready to grab the fucking ARs and put down the rebellion and shit. She's like, oh, fuck, I need to do something about it. <laughs> like, I understand that, but it, it's kind of like a sad thing. I guess it's this realization that uh, not every actor kind of celebrates just the the acting and, you know, be, be kind of grateful for, for that. It's I think it was a very interesting play. I mean, just yeah. see, like she's just like because she doesn't know how to react. It's like it's just for that. She's like but, she's just well, yeah, shit. Even Masumi did that. One. Like even Masumi did that for her. One of the interesting things in the end there, when she is in like uh, uh, in their uh, like uh, studio thing, and they run into each other. And, you know, Maya treats Masumi like she always has like absolute shit, right? <laughs> Because she hates, she hates that man. <laughs> she hates that man. And I do find that very interesting how he immediately just grabs her and be like, all right, around these parts, you treat other people with respect. Because this is the fucking root one to being hated by everyone and not, not be given opportunities. If you show that you can not handle, uh, handle being polite and handle being cooperative in a working, envi in a working environment. Which is like, it's essentially the same thing as you're talking about. Just this time in the business perspective of things, it's like, yeah, by stealing people's attention, by being rude, by, you know, not seeming like you're willing to cooperate. That is the number one reason. It's like, even if you're good, who the fuck's going to want to work with you? Because you're just a problem. And not fun to deal with either. Yeah, yeah. And I think it's funny that it's just massive music. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because that, that, that guy was just kind of, he, he was painted as a villain at the beginning. But he's kind of like just doing his thing. I guess he's just want to have fun. 
And then the secretary is just like, hey, you you tried to fuck that girl? It's like, nah. <laughs> like when she, uh, what was it? When she was selected for a, a, a role or to be part of a an audition for the role and he's just playing golf and when she, her name comes in, he just misses the, <laughs> the hole. And he just goes back and she's like, hey, yo, you want to fuck that girl? I was like, nah, it's just an impression. <laughs> Every single time, and at the end, it's like she doesn't need Mr. Purple Rose anymore. It's like, man, I respect you. Yeah. I respect you. Fuck yeah. you, but I respect you. Same thing when you got the fucking, uh, like when they're looking at the fucking like uh, prospective people to play Helen Keller, and then it's like the agent comes in with like, all right, fine, we'll actually go ahead and do a thorough check to see who can come in, and he comes in and he hands him all the pictures, and then he just hands her Maya's picture, and he ends like, and this one's. Uh, this one's a maybe. <laughs> Masumi is just like, man, when did you become such a good scout? And he's like, what? <laughs> what do you mean? Yeah. I was like, wait, huh? <laughs> and I like that. The, the scout just becomes fucking Maya agent at the, at the end. He's always with her. I was like, wait, okay, I guess. Like it it's like... it's an, yeah it's an interesting one because like that man she paid fucking scholarship for Maya so she could act yeah. right it's, it's like man that that guy was just raising fucking actress I was like oh yeah that's I guess it's a hobby now I guess that's what you do when you're rich <laughs> I don't know I don't have a lot of money to just go around distributing scholarships. Listen, yeah, definitely. Start and episode twenty-three. You need to start handing out uh, purple roses. <laughs> uh, that is true. <laughs> Although it's a little bit hard to get a purple rose. That's right. You know those those things shouldn't. Do purple roses exist in in nature? No, right? Yeah, I think so. I think so. Yeah, yeah. they do. Yeah, 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 they do. And if uh, not, you can you could just make a hybrid that will turn out purple. <laughs> Yeah, I was about to say. Like, yeah, I yeah. Don't... Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know, man. I'm not a fucking flower expert. You're not a botanist? <laughs> no, I'm not. You do enough. The only thing I find is is it's either erotic massages or tattoos. So, uh, <laughs> yes, know, both, go, found... both go absolutely together. <laughs> <laughs> I found two thousand form fresh purples roses bouquets selling on Amazon. See, no but, problem. Uh, it's on it's on the US Amazon, so like it cannot ship for me. <laughs> it's a little bit hard to ship those here. Uh, oh, interesting. So yeah, forty four What a way to end. Yeah, just like the show ended with episode twenty three, which is a recap. <laughs> yeah, not quite what I was expecting. What you would think would be then a sequel to come, but uh, that never happened. I mean, it technically got a sequel in 2005, though it's a remake, who, because it has like twice the episodes. I assume it goes further. Yeah, oh, it has yeah. like 50. It has like 55 cool. episodes or something. Let me see. <laughs> I mean, uh, I guess I'll just get the the episode 51, the 2000, yeah, the 2005 version, and keep keep going because I want to see her in television because that was the kind of the end it's like now you know you got offered a television show to be the main character in a television show and it has its own sets of hardships so if you want to improve as an actress then follow that career 
uh, and then maybe become the crimson goddess because that thing is still <laughs> in the air between her and Ayumi. Whoa! Then the... Didn't mean to play that. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I, I'm sorry. I clicked on I clicked on uh, one of the 2005 Glass No Common pages, and it started playing like episode 49. <laughs> nice. Different animation. Should... <laughs> Shockingly, you'll you'll oh, be shocked yeah. to hear. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was quite fun. Episode 23. Uh, interesting to have a recap episode. I think it was a bad episode. Uh, <laughs> I wouldn't mind. I wouldn't mind the recap. Because they were using the teacher Tsukage as uh, narrating her experience as raising Maya as a as an actress, but I think it was not well executed. Maya yeah, was because fourteen. Was a, Maya was fourteen when she first started, no, no, right? No, 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 like, yeah, because like I think it, it would be very cool to have one episode where it's twenty five episodes. <coughs> sorry, of Tsukage just narrating the three years because she starts at 13 and ends in 16 13 to 16 so okay. everything everything that is Skaga's impression on what she did right oh yeah i burned the i burned the the letters maybe i shouldn't and or oh i am so proud of that shit because now she's a goddamn actress something like that it would be cool I disagree. Oh, I, I did that. You did, it's kind of an impression. It's my opinion. No, no, Again, no, no, no. But I like, still think it was. It would be a bad yeah. episode, but not not so bad. No, no, it, it would be better. It would be better than what we got because again, it's a goddamn recap episode. I just don't think there's ever. A, I don't think you can. You couldn't convince me to say that it's a good idea to end a show on a recap, regardless of how the recap is handled. I would have. I mean, we could have had a. We could have had a mon a monologue epi episode where she kind of talks about, where she kind of mentions what's happened and then talks about um, Maya's way forward. That could have been interesting, but not. <sighs> I, if we're gonna do an ep, if we're gonna do a final episode that's different to the story, then I prefer an epilogue, not a goddamn recap. Hell, even a prologue. You could have literally just be like, ah. For the final episode, we're gonna show you fucking um, uh, Tsuki Kage's uh, Crimson Goddess play, like you know, anything, anything, right? yeah, yeah, anything uh, other yeah. than a recap. <laughs> yeah, because well, yeah, when, when that started, I just kind of clicked going... through. I clicked through the video and I go, "This is a recap episode." All right, I guess I'm not watching this one. <laughs> yeah, it would be good to have like a prologue to her accident that was mentioned. Yeah, like how the how the the accident just made her obsessed with finding a new crimson guard you know what i was There's surprised cool, but, you know what they, i was surprised yeah. that never happened in the show but i was fully expecting someone to try to like hurt maya on stage kind of like making a light fall on her <laughs> I, thought, I was half yes. expecting somebody to gra grab a knife and just come out yeah or like someone <laughs> like, tries to stab her or some the... shit like i was expecting something way worse than just I changed the script out. It's the, the doll old one. one. <laughs> no, like the doll one when she she got she got the the role from another actress. I for sure thought she was trying to injure Maya. Oh yeah, yeah absolutely. Like I thought that's when it was going to come the most. The doll. I will make sure that you will never step on stage again. Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my god! I swapped the script for you. What? What? 
<laughs> I made the puppet's head fall off. <laughs> yeah, right. Oh my god. Because <laughs> they, and the reason why I thought that, and I think uh, you guys are in the same boat, is because they kept showing this recap of a light fixture falling on Sukikage when she was an actress yeah. and burning yeah, yeah, half yeah. her face. <laughs> yep. No, it's. Uh... They play that up to be something way more than it actually was. This yeah. Just like, uh, but I mean, out of everything, though, that's like, that's the least severe thing. It's like prop breaking. Yeah, it sucks, but you can deal with it. <laughs> like, that's. Now you're just showing everyone that she can fucking deal with shit going wrong on the fly. Good job. <laughs> Great! Well, exactly you made her. Sure that she'd never stay to step foot on stage again. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> She's gonna get like stage yips or something. No, come on. <laughs> she will forever be known as the one who was on stage when the prop broke. Because that's never yeah, happened. Meanwhile, before. we already had a bunch of like improv bits with her <laughs> when like yeah. the first confrontation with Ayumi, where she could not say like yes, no. And she just fucking blasts through that, and it's like, oh shit! And then you have the chair one, where you like yeah. just kicks down the chair, sits, sit, on, sit that. on that, and it's like, are you sure you want to try to make her improv on stage? She's just gonna make the fucking play better, dude. <laughs> but of course, they don't know that. I think just making a making bad decisions in front of a live audience is just. Not very good for your acting career. Yeah. All right, we ready to we ready to score this thing? Sure. Okay. Yeah. Hickey, like I said, I really enjoyed this. This was very surprising. Uh, when the when I read what this show was about, it's a shojo. It's about a child actress going through phases of acting. I wasn't expecting a. I wasn't expecting to uh, for it to grasp me the way it did. I loved the two main characters this was focused on, uh, even the supporting roles of kind of the uh, the rich dude that's secretly supporting her from behind the scenes. Uh, yeah, there was this weird like love connection there with him, but they didn't do anything with it. So <laughs> at least we didn't have to. It wasn't shoved down our throats. Uh, Sukakage was a good coach, and she played her role for the first half of the series. Um, I actually th liked the fact they didn't delve into kind of a relationship, a <laughs> boyfriend-girlfriend thing, because then that would have its... I think that would have detracted to the more important thing of Maya's career, since that's clearly what, what the focus was. Uh, would I have liked the show to have ended on a better note? Would I have yeah. liked... Would I have liked the second half to be a little bit more engaging than just watching a play? Um, yeah, probably. Um, what, is it unsatisfying ending? I, mostly no. I don't think it was... The I, recap I, episode is unsatisfying ending. Well, that that is yes, <laughs> so, but yeah. it, I mean, you could easily just say the show ends at 22 episodes. The you, reason like, on, on why Maya is dancing on a leotard in the opening really, really throws me off. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, I can't really think of too many things to very much fault the show other than kind of 1984 uh maybe a little overdramatic at times like getting locked in locked in a shed in the middle of winter 
and <laughs> for like, like five days. No, dude, that happened. That needs to happen. It's the only coach. Yeah, and she wasn't uh, even that bad because she kept on the. She stayed on the outside, playing yeah. and you know doing the roles over and over again. Despite being very ill, yes. <laughs> yeah, so maybe maybe things were over dramatized, but I laughed at him. It was it was definitely entertaining, fun. Uh, I give the show an eight out of ten. Extremely solid. Will recommend uh, going forward for shojo type shows. Absolutely, definitely. Um, yeah, no, like I said, shojo isn't exactly my type of show. Shock horror, um, but it can be fun. We need to Mostly find you a Mecha Shoujo, Tori. Yeah, Mecha Shoujo. Mostly <laughs> in the form of, like, uh, you know, making fun of it, like we've done with Attack Number 1, because that thing is silly as all hell. Aim for the Ace, which, I mean, Aim for the Ace was, was good. Aim for the Ace. I was also... Look, the problem, the problem with Aim of the Ace, again, it's because the fucking coach and every single fucking athlete, they went for knockouts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, they were oh, playing that's... tennis. It's like, okay, so you grab the ball, you throw it up, and you aim at the fucking person, the other person's jaw. It's like, uh, are you sure it's not the the the, the floor? No, straight to the jaw. Oh, I don't know, man. There shit. was that there was that training scene where Sukikage just kept beating Maya. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. say I your mean, line. No, yeah, so she could get angry. <laughs> He's not doing it right, JD. God. <laughs> Do yeah, it again. Like feel angry. Yeah, but, but I agree with that. It's not the same, you know. It's not no, like no, no. we're not we're not uh, winning at acting by going for KO here, like, <laughs> like they do with tennis. <laughs> so you know, I should take that out good. of context and make a drop out of it. We're not winning by we're not winning acting by KO. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> that'd be interesting, actually. Uh, but um, yeah, no, it's it's pretty good. Like I said, I. I really like the rivalry in this one. My Ayumi rivalry. It's it's a very refreshing rivalry. It's good. It's not the typical stuck-up piece of shit who thinks everything is going to come for free versus somebody who worked hard. It's somebody who worked hard versus somebody who was talented at it, but also kind of problematic because she doesn't really understand how to use her talents. Um, so there's a, there's a lot of good stuff here. Romance is a bit... You know, I agree. I, I'm glad that it didn't go into anything, but it's also one of those like kind of typical shoujo. I don't really see much of a point in this. Masami's uh, obsession with Maya is kind of odd. Sakura Koji is literally just there. He was there <laughs> to save her together with Masami in the beginning, and then after that, he kind of just hangs around and be like, man. I really like her, and Maya's just like, man, they call him my boyfriend. And it's like, okay, so are you actually like... I mean, they never deny it, but they also don't seem like it, so I don't know. Uh, who fucking... Who cares? Tsukikage's <laughs> fun. There's just good... A lot of good characters in this show in general. It's... Yeah, there's even the, like the, uh, the theory mates... Yeah, like yeah, the other guys, yeah, yeah, yeah. even yeah. the ones who, with no name, they you know they're cool dudes. There's a guy know. that looks like fucking saggy with yeah. the with the long beard. They don't have a hanging in the background. Fucking... Yeah, they don't have a whole lot of development, but honestly, they don't need to. You, you you quite quickly understand where they're from. Like they they give you the necessary information for those that are important enough for it, so that you kind of know where they are where they're from, but then generally just act as literally what they are, supporting characters. They're supporting the main role. 
Um, which is, you know, it's only, that's fine in a 23 episode series, technically 22. Uh, recap episode sucks. It really feels like they were setting up for a second half or a sequel to come. Like they were like, we're going to go for a recap and then we'll work on a sequel, but that apparently never happened. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's, I don't know if that is, the, that is the case, but that's what it feels like. No, I so, think that's an uh, absolute safe assumption and it just never yeah. happened. Like it mm. just got, it, it didn't get renewed. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, no, it's, uh, generally speaking, I think I was pretty captivated throughout this entire thing. Acting was good. I also like that it's not just hammering on you actually do feel. There's a difference between them voice acting and voice acting acting, uh-huh. which is nice. Um, there is uh, the place that you, at least the ones you get to see properly, are actually pretty engaging, even if you don't, you know. You don't get to see everything. You don't get to see an entire play take place, but it still it feels it it hits those uh, uh, those dramatic beats pretty nicely, and you feel like you get kind of invested in. I did, anyways. So yeah, a good time, surprisingly good time, actually. I also give it an eight. Hey, all right, nice. Tori. It's not often that you and I are on the same page. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> I I actually had this pegged at a seven at first, but I changed it here because I the more I, I thought about it, I was like. Yeah, I do really like this show. I did like this show. I wasn't sure if I wanted to give it an 8 or 7, so I originally gave it a 7, but I decided to bump it up to an 8. It deserves it. Yeah, I I had the same debate. I've been debating this ever since I finished the show and during the whole podcast. It's like, this show, it drags a little bit in the middle. Yeah. Because a lot of characters, they change kind of role. So one of the supporting ones, the the green haired woman, she becomes more of a like a side side character more than a, a protagonist. Tsukake goes from Oni coach to just uh, kind of a very understandable character. Mm-hmm. Yep. She doesn't ask for forgiveness for what she did with her mother and why not. Same with the mother, like they they become understandable characters. Even though you pity the mother a little bit, I I did, but. They don't ask for forgiveness. They just there, and you just accept the, them as as they what they are. Maya change roles. Masami change roles. He becomes like more the the purple purple rose dude instead of the the big bad. Even him as Masami, he just he just doesn't. You know, he becomes way mildly. Uh, Sakura, Sakura Koji is just there. There isn't much uh, to him. Uh, Ayumi also changes a lot. She goes from being someone who relies on talent to understanding the benefits and the hardships of working hard. And if she wants to be someone who works hard, she needs also to work very, very hard. Uh, so because of that, it kind of goes way too down in a kind of conclusion so new characters can rise again. So it feels a little bit out of base. That was my only concern of giving it as a 7 and 8. But since you guys enjoyed a lot, and it was my recommendation, I will settle in the 8 as well. Wow, all three of us agree on the same score. What was the, what was the last show that did that? Basically, Anne of Green Gables? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, not that you gave, <laughs> More you or gave less. it the highest out of all of us. I know, but so, we're uh, we're all kind of the eight or above range. Hmm. Yeah, no, it's. Uh, I it's guess Gunkutsuo was another one that got that high, right? 
Uh, yeah, I was the one who gave the highest rare one, but yes. Um, no, I mean, <laughs> it would have been pretty funny since this was Hickey's recommendation. If me and JD enjoyed this and Hickey hated it. Oh, yeah, that, that would have been, been funny. funny. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but sadly, it wasn't meant to be. Yeah. Well, this was a very enjoyable show, an enjoyable episode to, to do. Uh, our next episode is Tori's pick. What is your pick, Tori? Uh, oh, fuck. You spring it. I forget. Let me look at it. Hold on. Well, I can tell Keep you. Keep entertaining so... the people. I mean, I can tell it. I have it in front of me. No, 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 no. I'm going to tell it. I can find it really fast if it stops uh-huh. growing back up. Yep. The next one we're doing is obviously you're under arrest, OBA. God, JD. Come on. You know this. <laughs> <laughs> and it's the OVA from 1994, to be specific. Yes. yes, it is. The first instance before the TV series. Yeah. Uh, I haven't seen this uh, seen the show in a number of years. It'll be nice to a little revisit that. Um, short and simple. We'll come up with a, we'll come up with a nice topic uh, for to talk about prior, other than the sports talk. Maybe not everyone's <laughs> into that, but hey, we have timestamps for every episode. If you're just interested in the reviews, you can you can just skip right to that. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. All right. Well, this was the end of episode 101, guys. See you next time. Peace. See ya.